I didn't I didn't watch anime until we started doing this pod. And I feel like as a person that when you first get introduced to anime, you either go one of two ways. You either kind of get really into it and actually care about the uh, animes and the stories and shit like that, or you become a degenerate. And I picked the degenerate side. <laughs> I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold-blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion. I'm so cold-blooded. I'm so cold-blooded. I fear nobody. I fear nobody. I walk like a champion. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 92 of the Saratobi Sports Pod, the Deshaun Stevenson episode which works out because, you know, Mavs and Nets legend. As you can see, it is just the two of us today. My guy, JT, just in transition, just in the DMs, just on his damn phone, but not today. today. Just the two of us. There we go. We can make it if we try. Ah, boy. Yeah, man. It's living large. Hard day at work at the Cox Center. So uh, (laughs) we'll be back next week. Um, That's right, though. We don't really need him anyway. Yeah. And it is weird because like usually when I record for the uh when we do Zoom, mm-hmm. I'm in the basement and I had to find a new space because everybody else had stuff going on in every part of the house. So I'm in my room. I don't know if you can see, but look at all my flag. Look at yeah. all my towels from the previous Nets playoff run. Yeah, your Nets banners. Bro, it's crazy. Uh I mean it's nice to have. I don't have shit for sports stuff in my room honestly yeah like my room is literally like you if you were to see what a 12 year old sports fanatics room would look like that's literally it like it's nothing but it's literally it still has like the nets wall like line oh, paper i can see it yep <laughs> and i got a nets i got a nets clock i get a i gotta slide the silver fox poster up in here still got oh no no my vince carter poster is fell but i got a whole bunch of temple and jet shit up too i mean it's just we're living the dream in this room man yeah it's uh it's a good thing you're not uh dating i'm sure if you brought girls back they'd feel very comfortable i mean i have and <laughs> i mean what do you call it? when kylie sleeps over she sleeps in my room and i sleep on the you know the couch so she's seen this and then yeah but that's you know, that's that's your whole girl that's different at this point Bold of you to assume the only person that's been in my room was my girlfriend. No, no, I'm not, but I'm saying. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> like, I lived, I live, I'm 26 now. Like, damn. It's like, I had a life before. I had a life before the last four years. I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, man, speaking of, you know, Nets and whatnot, close out that series. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, as expected, I was, I'm, I'm not that surprised it was the gentleman's, but I am just because of the way the first three games went, um, I just thought y'all were just going be like, all right, let's just pack these boys up. But Jason yeah. did other things in mind. Like, I don't know why people assumed it would be a sweep. I, I, I respect Jason Tatum enough to give him like, yo, he would, he, and, and I respect Marcus smart enough too to be like, all right, they could will them to a win in the series. Yeah. I did. I think I. I did think it was going to end in five. Not too I, whether in there, yeah, like whether it'd be game three or four, it didn't matter. Like I knew they were going to take a game. 
Mm-hmm. But the Nets were clearly the more dominant team, and you see, like, like every win in the ser- in the series was by double digits. So, yeah, much to do about nothing. Everybody figured that was going to be the case. Just got the only unfortunate thing in terms of injuries, which we've seen has been, you know, bugging the NBA this this playoffs. Jeff yeah. Green with his plantar fasciitis. So we'll see what his status is for the upcoming Buck series. Hopefully, he's back because he is a big loss. But other than that. Business usual. Yeah, need someone with some size and mobility to match up. Which means we're dusting off DeAndre Jordan, but why? No, he doesn't have mobility. The problem is, John, is that he's arguably been the best defender against Giannis. Like, yeah, yeah the, the game, the, the game where Giannis dropped like. Wait, so KD's not going to guard Giannis? No, like he he would, okay. but just for size size wise, because you, I kind of, I think they want, they'd rather KD on Middleton. Just because of the length and stuff like that, like DeAndre can body up better against Giannis better than KD. Like KD is 185 pounds soaking wet. We know this. Yeah, so like, but on the on the wing, that's an easy blow by all day. But that's but that's why they slump off, mm. and that's why like even in the 47 point or whatever game that Giannis had the 50 point game, he the only reason why it looked like he was killing is because he his mid range and his three point shot was falling. Listen, and as we know, 50 points are killing. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> You know, how many times is Giannis going to shoot, make, you know, eight jump shots in a basketball game? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, so that's why, you know, and then you saw that the game after that, it was a little bit better. He wasn't as dominant. But so I think DeAndre does pose the best physicality, mm-hmm. you know, like the be- best physical presence against you. Do you think Bruce Brown terms of on the, or he'll just get bodied? No, nah, he's, he's just too. Not to say he get bodied because Bruce is strong. Yeah. Giannis is just taller. Like Bruce is only six, like three, six, four. Okay. So. That, and that's why it's also important to have Jeff Green because Jeff Green is also, you know, can, can body up too. But it'll be a good series. I think this is the – this is the – this I think this will probably be the best series in the playoffs in general, I, I mean, think. That, I get that. Also, uh, I mean, you guys have some time, though, before the series starts, which is good. Yeah, but I think it starts on Saturday, I think. Uh, June 5th. I believe, right? So what's that? You know the extent of uh, his planner, Russia? Is it like just irritating or is it torn? Well, they said that he's going to re- be reevaluated in 10 days. And then, so I think that's either Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. But he was on the bed. He was in He was in a walking boot up in Boston. Okay. Yeah. But when they came back for game five, he was in regular street clothes and he was jumping up and down on the bench. So it, okay. it's probably so not too, it's probably not like a Joakim Noah or Joe Johnson level. Yeah plantar fasciitis but just no was torn. his shit was straight up torn oh no that shit was that shit was done so yeah we'll see also, uh, i mean talking about the bucks like this something like we all know chris middleton's really good and i feel like because Giannis has the two mvps because he's always been as dominant as he has been a lot of people look at middleton as a robin and i don't think middleton's a robin i do no. not think middleton is a robin i either. think he's way more nightwing than he is robin like he's maybe before he was a robin but like I feel way more comfortable with the ball in Middleton's hands at the end of the game than I do with Giannis. And he's proven that he's like, I'm going to like, I'm going to go get, I'm not standing in the corner just waiting for an open shot anymore. Like he's a bucket getter now. And that's, that's a big thing. Like, again, I do feel like um, the team that matches up the best with you guys is the bucks just because they have the length um, and they have like, not stars, not all superstars, you know what I mean? But they have the people to match up. Like you have Giannis and KD, you have Middleton and Harden, and then you have Drew and Kyrie. Kyrie's a 
He's a professional scorer. He's going to do what he has to do. But Drew is a great defender, and he's going to make him work for it. And that's all I can really ask. Those are all defenders that are really going to make you work for it. So, right, and that's the thing. I think it's going to come. The, the, the series will come down to whose stars are going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, bias or unbiased aside, I think it's fair to say that the Nets have the better of the stars. I do mm-hmm. agree. Like Drew Holiday is their best chance at either quelling Kyrie or Harden, depending on who he's matched up against. Um, and then I think the role players are going to be huge. I mean, we saw it in the, the, the regular season matchups, the bench, like the benches. So like, you know, Bryn Forbes is somebody that has really taken, I guess, not become a household name, but put his name on the map in that heat series with how well he was shooting the basketball. So if they, DiVincenzo is a loss for them, but you know, they still got a bunch of solid role players oh, Bobby Portis Lopez. I feel very strong about him cooking because I mean you said yourself that usually teams with just like good big men tend to do well against you yes and so Brooke always has some extra motivation playing against you guys and it's great because Brooke is it's almost like Brooke is is back to how he was playing when Brooke is playing like how he played in Brooklyn before mm-hmm. he started getting his three-point shot where he was in the post getting his you know his hook shot you know get into the room yeah also Brooke Lopez he's a killer. And now you add that with the three point shot. And he, he did a really good job of that in the heat series of not just being a shooter where he's shooting eight or nine threes a game, but he's actually getting in the post, yeah, getting in the paint and scoring, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough that they are, they're, they're big, they're formidable. Uh, so it's going to be a tough test, for, you know, for the nets, but it's going to be, it's going to be great for us watching. You know, this is so, to me, that's, that's the real test for the Bucs. As uh, we've always said, if they, they don't make the finals, this, this is a loss for them. This season yeah. is a loss for them. And I think, uh, if, I think whoever if wins this, out, yeah, if the Nets yeah. are out, that, that team should win the East. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think whoever wins this series wins the finals. I, I, I don't see, I, I, I just don't see it in the Suns. I, it, don't see it in the jazz i mean yes the jazz are the best you know best record in the the west but they there's what, holes there uh i think a hot jazz team can give brooklyn i mean not brooklyn um milwaukee run. yes i, th- I think they would have to milwaukee, yes. you know we've just seen Giannis fold multiple times you know what i mean like and if they game plan properly you know it could be a little sketch for milwaukee but the the, uh, the the jazz when the jazz three ball is, is is hitting when Bogdanovich is hitting his threes when Clarkson is hitting his threes even when Royce O'Neal is hitting his threes they are they're as dangerous as they come but mm-hmm. the consistency has to be there I know that Bogdanovich is a prof- is also a professional scorer like he will get you he's teed 16, 17 points a game he's honestly white J.R. Smith if we're being honest basically and you know what you're gonna get with Clarkson he can either be he's more often than not a flamethrower. But he also has his times where he's a low. And then there's sometimes where Royce more consistent than Bogdanovich, honestly. Yeah. And then there's sometimes where Royce O'Neal is giving you that, you know, almost that PJ Tucker role of the corner three, you know, every once in a while. But then there's times where where Royce is just non-existent on the yeah, court. You know, you know, Tony Snow. Exactly. So you know what you're gonna get with Gobert, you know what you're gonna get with Donovan, you know what you're gonna get with uh Conley. So but I just there's just something about Utah that just and it I feel I feel like we see it every year. There's just something about Utah that they just don't get over that hump. They're in the space that the Bucks were in, honestly. And with them having like the best record um, in the West, it, it adds more pressure to them and be like, okay, like, what are you guys really going to do here? Mm. Uh, what's it going to turn into? Um, going, 
going off a uh, you know little legend Tony Snell. Did you see Bertans as a stat line? Oh, the the zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds in like twenty and six fouls in twenty six yeah, minutes. All zeros, twenty six yeah. minutes, six fouls. I mean, that's just you talk about cardio, bro. <laughs> yeah, that dude fell off a cliff. He's destined to just be a role player on a um maybe playoff team, but his. For someone who came out of San Antonio and started off like, all right, he's really scoring to just being like, all right, that, I mean, I guess we'll put you in. But Washington also has no one. So there's that. I'm going to say he could buy, he might fall into that kind of Nicolo Melli, uh, yeah. you know, role, kind of like how he is with the. Um, yeah, but I'll tell you what, Nicolo Melli defense. Yeah, that's true. Hey, but give, give, give Berton some slack. He's playing with only nine fingers. All right. So what does that have to do with moving your feet? I don't know, but. <laughs> his equilibrium's <laughs> off <laughs> oh but i mean that's series should wrap up too even without um joel Embiid. who i was gonna say speaking of injuries and stuff yeah. you know that's that's a big one a slight or partial meniscus tear yeah they Less say day to day but i feel like we know we've we've been around sports to know enough that a partial meniscus tear is not a day-to-day type injury. especially not for a big exactly especially a big of his size yeah um that shit. he really might miss the whole next series if we're being honest um also again bum ass ben simmons not a superstar ben simmons tired of the shit tired of people explaining I'm telling should, you. if we're being honest he should be traded in the offseason to get someone who can really they can really build around joel Embiid. um or, you know, well, really evaluate Joel Embiid's health. Training a possible MVP candidate is pretty fucking wild. But, you know, yeah, hack a hack of Ben Simmons. Hack an Aussie worked. Hack a kangaroo. And um, it would just without Joel Embiid, they're, they're rocky, man. It can't, that can't happen. Like, you're a star player. Like, when it was hack a Shaq, all right, you can keep Shaq on the court because of how dominant he is. Yeah. Same when they were doing the, the, the hack of Dwight, when Dwight was in a you know, on Orlando and even with the Lakers and stuff like that, but they're good enough that it's like, all right, yes, they might be an automatic miss from the line, but what if they give us on the other side? And also if they're not being fouled is a plus, we'll take that chance. Yeah. Ben Simmons doesn't give you anything on offense. In a half court. In a half court, mm-hmm. unless they're in, he's one of, I, we all agree. He's one of the best players in transition. Like when, mm-hmm. when the, when the six are in transition, he's you in transition do that like like he is he's the best combination of speed size and athleticism and length and his court vision is is second to none but when you get into the half court and you can play him and he's a three-point line and you can just slink off at the free throw line what are we doing here what are we doing here if his defense wasn't as great as it was there would be a lot more conversation they should treat him like a big in the half court sense of being like, put him at the 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 free throw line and just try and run the offensive line at, at the high post, it. right? Like kind of yeah. how uh, Denver does with Jokic. Yeah, and just try and have. But like, I also just don't feel like he's with it because he's trash. And I mean, has already shown he doesn't want to work on any other shooting. And it's like, I will say this: at least the Shag was going to miss a bunch of free throws, but he was going to make them when it counted. It is true. I, I mean, and it the, the high post work like. We see it with Jokic, it works. Yeah. But the, the difference is, Jokic can make a jump. He's not afraid to take a jump shot. He's not afraid he to step out moves. behind. Exactly. He has and he has post moves. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons does not have like 
does Ben say, I, I brought, I've brought this up before with Giannis, right? Giannis really doesn't have a bag offensively. He's just long and strong pause, but, <laughs> but it works for him. He can get from half court to the basket in two steps. Mm-hmm. What can Ben Simmons do in a half court? If he's not like, cause bully ball, he's not, he doesn't do bully ball enough. Like bully ball works for, for Ben. I don't think he, he does it at all. He should do it every time when, cause most of the time he's going to have a guard matched up with him. Exactly. He's six, nine and bigger than half, basically 95% of the guards and stronger than them in the league. Yeah. He doesn't do bully ball. So if he's not going to do bully ball, what else is there for Ben Simmons to do offensively? Yeah. I will say this though. I feel like honestly, even without Embiid, they still might be able to win whoever they play next. Most likely it's going to be Atlanta. Um, listen, if the Knicks manage to come back from down three, one, that would be amazing. If the Knicks manage to get, come back from three, one, I would, I would very much throw my hat into of beating it. Not, not to say I think they would beat the Sixers, but I would very much be rooting for them. To oh, if the they come back down three, one and Sixers don't have Joel Embiid, or even a hundred percent Joel Embiid, they uh they really might <laughs> they might win because right. what the fuck is Julius Randle gonna do in a half court? Um, but I mean we can go right into that series. We obviously don't have a resident Knicks fan this week, but it's not looking good, rough, man. No. This is, and we thought I thought Julius was starting to figure it out. Um, what at the end of game two or three? I don't know. What's the I uh, trying to figure it out, and then he proved me wrong. Well, like, what's that line that the, that that one coach said? Like, they are who we thought they were, and yeah. we let them off the hook. That's exactly that's exactly who Julius Randle was. I think there was some there was some. He's like this some Knicks like I don't even even know if she's a reporter or anything, but she's always on basketball Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, like how can you know? This isn't a microcosm of like Julius Randle. Like how can he? How can you like fool the NBA for a whole year? And I'm like. Well, it's easy to do. Like we see it multiple, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily you're tricking the league, but it's just all right. You can have a really, really good year, and then people once playoff time comes, people actually game plan for you. They're spending hours, like throughout the course of regular season, you're not spending hours, you know, of film on one player because you have other games you have to worry about in a, in the course of a week. During the playoffs, you're only focused on this team, so you're going to pinpoint all the weaknesses and what they're doing is making him uncomfortable, sending the double every time, making forcing him to be a playmaker, and it doesn't help when the Knicks role players are not making shots. When Bullock's making a shot, it looks great, but when he's not, yeah, we see what happened. See, that's that's my thing. I think, um, like you said, like them forcing him to be a playmaker is a lot where it comes from, but I feel like in that sense, you just got to get into your offense faster. You can't try and stand a triple threat for 20, 20 seconds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's got to adjust, and I, I don't want to like have full Julius Lander because he did have a great season. I do think he's a very good player. And it's also like in the beginning, you can tell that everyone on the Knicks outside of Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson were shell shot. Like Derrick Rose, he did. He's like, I'm, I'm here. Like I've been here before. I know what it takes to win. And he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, And to me, Julius hasn't looked like each game. He looks shook. Like he, I mean, he admitted it after the first, after game one, he was like, yeah, like that was out. There was just a lot of energy in the building and stuff like that. And it kind of threw me off. I mean, he, yeah, they played he said, most of this year with no fucking fans. Yeah. And he said he, he exerted himself too much in the first half. And then by the time the second half rolled around, he was just just running on E. I um 
I mean, I think uh, with with like my mom, I hate watching sports with my mom because she's like the most pessimistic sports fan ever. Um, and she's just been like, oh, like you could tell something's wrong, something's wrong. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm like, dude, like, yeah, something's wrong. This man, it's the first time in his career that he's a, a star. He's now the first time he's the leader of a team and also the first time he's in the playoffs as a leader of a team. Like, it's a lot of pressure. Not, I'm not going to say never can do it, but I mean, my, my thing I was going back to is look at Gordon Hayward's first playoff series. He didn't play great. He was shook when they made it to the playoffs on the Jazz. It took him a while. You know what I mean? Um, it, is it too late for the Knicks? Probably. Do I still hope they win? Yes. Um, but Atlanta is doing what they need to do. You know what I mean? Like, all credit to him. And, the yeah. Knicks, you know, Derrick Rose is shit. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. The one thing I like is Clint Bell is talking all this trash. So, Knicks get riled up a little bit. I'm here for it. Hey, man. Look, and like you said with the Gordon Hayward thing and Julius Randle, this is his first playoff. Not only does his his no, this is his first playoff, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Because he he wasn't on that Pelicans team when they were not. Yeah, because that was AD's Pelicans team. All right, yeah. So this is his first true playoff experience. Not only that, it's his first playoff experience as the guy on the team, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw this. I was talking to some people. I'm like, it's it's amazing the similarities between the 2019 Nets and the 2021 Knicks, mm-hmm. where it's you have a team that nobody expected to make to the playoffs, have this great run in the regular season, get to the playoffs, you know, and had a pretty you know, decent win early in the playoffs. But as we saw with D'Angelo Russell, we're seeing with Julius Randle, you know, when team, it's easy being the guy in the regular season, but when the teams start game planning for you, it's a little bit different. And we saw it. D'Angelo Russell struggled. And that's why everybody was so on the Chris Levert train because Chris was the one that stepped up and Mm -hmm. Chris was the second option at the time. But you know, when all all eyes on D'Angelo, and then you're also getting guarded by an all, de- you know, all NBA defensive player and Simmons. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in this thing series, um, it's definitely where where can we build from for them? You know what I mean? I hopefully they can do some stuff, figure some things out, especially for the guys that they want to keep going into next year. Get that experience for them. Uh, figure out what works. Hopefully, some adjustments are made. Hopefully, they come out with some fire to them because it's like outside of D Rose. Uh, and Tibbs is like, hey, I don't know who's out here looking like they're really trying to play super hard. You know what I mean? Um, and also, I, I will say this, Obi. Obi's playing hard as shit, man. Yeah. My boy. I, hey, everybody been sleeping on my boy all year. Tombaugh. Look, I still think that his best fit is not with this New York Knicks team. This Agreed. is not the style of play that he needs to – it's not the type of offense he needs to be in. But he has provided the Knicks very, very good, you know, spurts of energy and mm-hmm. offense – off the bench, you know, you saw it in their game two win, um, you know, him with his alley, with the alley-oop dunk and things like that. Like he's mm-hmm. even not turning down open threes, which you like, even if they're, even if they're banging off the backboard, right. You want to see him at least shoot it because you want to make the defense honest. You exactly. know? And his defense he's is, doing what Ben Simmons should be doing. Yeah. His defense hasn't been, hasn't been terrible either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he has played better than expected. I would say. Yeah. In, in this playoffs. Honestly, he's giving very much of what Dwight Powell was giving a couple seasons ago before he got hurt. Of He's going to come off the bench. He's going to be your high-energy guy. He's going to bust his ass, work really hard, grab rebounds, try and get to the rim. He's athletic. Throw him all the lobs you can. Like, And then if he's open from three, let him shoot. Like it, it's 
very much Dwight Powell. Um, I obviously think Obi's ceiling is way higher than his. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you got to take what you can out of this. Hopefully there's still some things to salvage in this series. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's pretty much it for the East. Like, I don't know. Milwaukee, Miami was whatever. We talked about the the next thing. I mean, I was gonna say, what do you think about um? There was the report that Jimmy is probably looking for a big time contract. Do you think that this playoffs is anything as should affect it at all? Because I mean, we we know what Jimmy's like. We saw what he did in the bubble last year, and we he see has what, one more year on his contract though, right? Yeah. Okay. But like, do you think Jimmy Butler? <laughs> There might be there might be a lot being up for sale. I'm like a Jimmy Butler. Look, man, look, I I I don't I don't think that one playoff series. I mean, we're 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 all prisoners of the moment at, at, at to an extent, right? Like I remember having this conversation with my boy at a brewery a few weeks ago about Paul George, right? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, and he was like, oh yeah, he he chokes in the playoffs all the time. I'm like. Well, no, he really doesn't. He just had one really bad playoff run. But if you look at it over the course of his career, he's like a 23, 24 point per game scorer in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. and he's an all, and he's an, he's, he's a lockdown defender as well. You know, so I think that this one bad, we can agree, this was a bad series for Jimmy Butler, but it shouldn't define mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, who he is, his work mentality, and how he makes other guys play harder around him. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Like, Jimmy's my guy. Like, out, outside of Luka, like, I honestly think my favorite – outside of Luka and, like, LeBron and shit, I would say, like, my favorite players in the league are Jimmy and Dane. Mm. And, um, like, it's it's more than just what they do on the basketball court. But, like, Jimmy provides a lot to a team. Like, he really does. And I definitely think he's deserving of an extension. I think that he is a good fit for him, the organization. It interesting as to where they go from here because i honestly don't think they need to tweak much of their core in general um i would say you find someone to replace iguodala and ariza you know what i mean it's what, what the fuck happened to tyler harrow also they're tired they were a 70 last year they had to do a lot of work to get to the finals last year and then as you're seeing with all those top four teams from last year they're not doing as great um so there's a lot of things that go into it. Again, game planning, uh, personnel, like I've been saying, Giannis not being able to be, um, Bam not being able to guard Giannis, I think is a big reason. That's why Giannis is able to do whatever he wanted. But Brooke Lopez cooking forces that, and they also don't have another big. So you have Trevor Ariza, who Trevor Ariza is not bad, but he's not the Trevor Ariza of old, um, is guarding Giannis when Bam was the Giannis stopper. You know, uh, I feel like, you know, um, Alt-Right Myers, uh, Maga Myers not being there. He was a big body who could stay with Brooke Lopez, you know, last year. Yep. Same thing. Kelly Olenek provided nothing defensively, but he was able to kind of run an offense. I would say he was able to stretch the floor and he saw yeah. the same thing. And also I think where you saw it on the defensive end as well with uh, the absence of Jay Crowder. Yeah. Jay Crowder, you probably, you could have thrown Jay Crowder at, you know, uh, Giannis at points mm-hmm. in, the, in this series if he was still yeah, on Yeah, and another person to stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. That combined with – um the young people who showed up last year and really not doing the same thing outside of Duncan Robinson, who is going to be a free agent. Um, that's a lot of things. We already knew Tyler Harrow. Tyler Harrow couldn't even really get on the floor. He did not have a good year this all uh, year at all this year. Kendrick Nunn was there. He was, just, you know, kind of cold. It is. Yeah. I don't think the heat need to blow it up. They are in a position that they can make tweaks. A lot of those players aren't rookie deals or like just low deals. So they, can they pay Jimmy? Yes. 
I think Jimmy is deserving of it. But all I'm saying, um, there's a 7-3 Latvian who would pair very nicely with Bam. And, you know, he's under contract already. So I I could do it. If Jimmy Butler was on the Mavs, you know, I've been wanting him on the Mavs. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Also, last thing in the East, uh, the breaking news of uh, Danny Ainge stepping down and uh, our favorite coach on the Saratoga Sports Podcast, Brad Stevens, decide, is taking over basketball operations, but also stepping away from coaching. Bro, honestly, this like I woke up at 1130, looked at my phone, and I was just scrolling, you know, like you just scroll through the notification on your phone, swiping away. And I, it said, it was something from like Bleacher Report. It was like, oh, the backlash or something like from the, the Brad Stevens, whatever. Then I saw my text messages and it's my dad and my brother texting back and forth about yeah. Stevens. I'm like, the hell happened to Stevens? I go on, I see the watch thing. I'm like, bro, this like, it was, this is something that I know Brad Stevens name has been on like the hot seat or whatever for the last like year or so. Yeah. I don't think that he's a bad coach. I didn't, I thought that. This year, not to say like he deserves a pass, but the Celtics did deal with a, a few things, and I would say the playoffs. I don't. I don't even count this against Stevens. Like you, you don't I'll give have you the playoffs, but the yeah. regular season, no, he doesn't get a pass. Um, because playoffs, you don't have JB, you don't have um Kemba for two of the games. Not that it was gonna matter, but um, but I don't think that like in, in the guise of like oh Stevens was a bad coach i don't think he i don't think he was i think he just overachieved too early like if if they don't go to the eastern conference finals those two years with tatum and the boys you know we're just talking about all right the celtics are at the this is when the celtics should have been like reaching their peak because you see you saw the progression of jalen brown this year all right like he has gone to a an all-star level player yeah but this whole thing is just weird because one what makes Brad Stevens qualified to be a president of basketball operations in only what? This was his sixth year as a head coach. Yeah, I got a lot coming of- from coming from college, right? I, I just I just don't I don't understand the move. Mm-hmm. I also laugh at the fact that Danny Ainge is retired and the fact that Kyrie Irving single handedly destroyed the Boston Celtics by one leaving, two stepping on the logo, and three beating the Celtics so bad that Danny Ainge had to retire. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly hilarious because I don't think Danny Ainge has been a bad GM. Again, I agree with you. I don't think Brad Stevens is a bad coach. I like where it's like everything, our outlook on him is skewed because he did overachieve early on. Um, but he was someone that I feel like needed to be reevaluated because he was looked at as such a great coach. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's as great as everyone thinks he is. And we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Um, I mean, my thing is, at least now, all the assets Danny Ainge got are going to be used, I hope. They're not just going to sit there because they haven't been the best with the draft picks. So, you know. Um, but I don't give Dan- I don't give Brad Stevens a pass for this year. I give him a pass on the playoffs, losing um, Jalen. Mm. But you had two all-star players on a team that was a seven seed basically all year. Mm. I don't, I'm not giving you a pass for that. You've done more with less. Mm-hmm. So, what? Kemble's hurt? Cool. Kemble's always hurt. What is What is the excuse? Like, I see. I here's I so, really like, I, so, like, I hear, I hear what you're saying, right? Because obviously, like, yes, you have, and especially because this was Jalen Brown's like coming out year, basically. Yeah. 
Kemba was out for the that first two months and they weren't even playing him on back to backs. Um, here's what I give. The you Daniel know, I, I, move was, was dumb. Say that again. The Daniel Dice move was dumb. And, and, and that's, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm going with this. Right. So like you can, there, there can be blame on Steven's part, obviously this year, but he was not helped at all by Danny age. You look at outside of Kemba, Jason Tatum, Marcus smart and um, Mark, let's say Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown and, and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. What else is on this team? You're relying on guys like Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, guys, you right? dress it semi Ojale, these young guys, you're expecting them to be key role players. Like the only one that was really, and I think the big where we do see development is Robert Williams, time uh time lord. He's going to be really good. Like I kind of have him in the same uh kind of breath as um Mitchell Robinson. Like they're gonna be two guys that are centers long and just gonna be really, really good for a long time. But outside of that, what like when Tatum and especially with Tatum dealing with the COVID stuff and all that other, you know, mm-hmm. relate to that. When he went to the bench, they had no bench. They like they literally had no bench this season. Like, yes, Steven should have adjusted. There could have been times where Steven's adjusted. At the same time, Ainge has not done a good job of after they reached the peak of the Eastern Conference Finals, getting that next piece or getting that like one thing to put them over the hump. And that's where I think Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge failed the Celtics more than Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is at fault. But like when in the grand scheme of things, Danny Ainge did not help out Brad Stevens one bit. To me, based on this year, this is a situation where you go, all right, I'll give you a year or two and see what happens. Like, I don't think, but I also don't know if Brad Stevens, like they told him, nah, we don't want you to coach anymore. If you, or if he himself was like, I think I'm just going to focus on one thing right now. No, he said, he said he was tired. I don't know. Like, I don't know the big specifics, but I know in the article that I think watch had tweeted out, um, it was Steven said he had, you know, the, the bubble tired him out, right? Mm-hmm. The coaching from the bubble tired him out. And this year tired him out too, with all the COVID restrictions and all the other blah, 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 right? So I think they probably knew that Ainge was going to leave. Because this is something like this, like this, for it to be just so sudden, like after, like the day after they lose in the playoffs, means that they knew this was coming. This wasn't yeah. like a bombshell, like, oh, he's just gone. So they knew he was going, which means Stevens knew that he was probably going to be promoted to president of basketball ops, it was just a case of, are you going to remain the head coach? And he probably was just like, nah, I can't, can't do both. Yeah. I mean, shit, I don't, I don't blame him for not wanting to do both. It's a lot of pressure. And I mean, shit, who's, what's he going to be? Doc Rivers <laughs> trying to do both. I say Doc Rivers, yeah. Stan Van Gundy, Jason Kidd with the Bucks. Like, <laughs> Doesn't, you know, the track record of that working out great is, is not very high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not mad at it. It's just, Again, like, what are his credentials to feel like he can really go and put a team together? Where you know that's going to be a TBD type thing, and uh, I don't hate the Celtics. I, I do like Jason Tatum. I like Jalen Brown. Um, you know, I like Marcus Smart. That's another player that I've always wanted in the Mavs just because of what he brings and his fit. But I, I don't know. It's a weird place for them. To me, it's like I feel like a team that you would feel like would be in a situation like this more so would be like the Blazers or something as opposed to the Celtics. And part of the reason is because they have all those pieces, all those young players and things like that. But then again, now Brad Stevens has a lot to work with. So he has a bunch of picks to work with. He has a bunch of young players to work with. We're really going to see what's going to happen. And then also coach K is stepping down after next season. I'm telling so, you, we're starting, we're starting the rumor coach K to Boston. That's Makes honestly, sense. that was my first thought. I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you man it all seems just too it all seems too coincidental mm-hmm. but 
you know, and, and back to the, the age thing. I mean, look at when the Celtics made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, right, with Tatum. and the When they weren't Bruce, supposed to. When they weren't supposed to, right? Year. Yeah. All right, you had Gordon Hayward, right? Mm-hmm. He came back from injury, and they, they totally botched his return. I think we all know that. And then you have the Kyrie thing and him basically quitting during that Milwaukee series, right? But over the course of that time, the last three years or so, Look who got better in the East and like drastically got better, right? Mm-hmm. The Nets went from, you know, a, a six seed, right? With just having D'Lo and Chris LeVert to mm-hmm. now they have a big three of Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. Ironically, Sixers. you have the the Sixers, the the budding of, we knew Joel Embiid was going to be a star, but Joel yeah. Embiid became an MVP candidate, right? They got Seth Curry. They mm-hmm. got Dwight Howard. They built a team. Right. The Bucks, right. Making the big move to go get Drew Holiday, who is mm-hmm. monumentally better than Eric Bledsoe. Right. Heck, even the, the, the Knicks this year and the, and, and the Hawks, teams that got better as the Celtics kind of just stayed like the Celtics kind of just stayed on this plane of like, all right, yeah, we know we can get everyone around them got better yep, and everybody else got better. And yep. that's, you know, so you, you get you get too complacent and this is what happens. And I guess. We'll see. And who knows if Jalen and Tatum even stick around. Exactly. You know, I mean, it'll be. Listen, if the two, if, if they lose both of them. Mm. I could see Tatum. I'm not, I could see Brown leaving. Yes, I can't. Just because Tatum. of like all like, and especially all the, like the non-basketball related things that, that are, have been associated with Boston. Yes. And the fan base and things like that. I could see a guy, especially a uh, Jalen Brown stature. Who is you know? We know he's big on the social justice movements, and, and he's Latvian. <laughs> oh man, but you know it's, it's not so. <laughs> it's it might, not looking. It might be a better fit. <laughs> it's not looking good for the state of the Celtics organization right now, and I, for one, love it. Not because I don't like the Celtics organization. I could care less. They're they're a rival team. Okay. But I do like Jason Tatum. I do like Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm iffy on Marcus Smart because I don't really particularly care for how he plays sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we all know we all. He's love a him. guy that if he was on your team, you'd you'd like him. Yes. Yeah, but yes. you hate him because he's not. Yeah, and we love Kemba, but yeah. outside of that, I hope I hope the Celtics never win. I and I hope because uh, the city of Boston sucks. I wrote an article about how like Kyrie Kyrie voices concerns before Game Three. He was like, "Yo, just keep it strictly basketball." Mm-hmm. No, no race and belligerence. And what happened? Racism and belligerence. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> crazy. He <laughs> was just like, and, and what's wild is that people are like, wow, Kyrie, how could you say these things? He was like, I didn't. Someone's like, wait, he didn't say it. All he did was just ask, yo, keep it like, you know, Kyrie keep sucks. Basketball, guys. Yeah, like Kyrie sucks chance. Cool. Like that's basketball, like trash, blah, blah. Niggas throwing water bottles. Bro, do you know how hated you have to be to get a, uh, uh, Kyrie sucks or an F Kyrie chant in a at a baseball game, a basketball game, and a hockey game. They just want to be New York, bro. That's it. New they York, just want to be New York because even a, New York doesn't do that. Because I don't no, remember because there was a fuck out Tuve chant at the next game. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's peak New York at game one. They they had like Altuve chants in game one. <laughs> wow. But that's, that's peak funny. New York. That is peak New York. Yeah, that's but funny. also the the Astros won a whole fucking 
for World Series off cheating. So it's it's a bit different than Kyrie. Yeah, but at least they're they're still up three two because I didn't I don't remember hearing a FL two they chance at the Islanders playoff games. So yeah. <laughs> oh man, man away. But you know what? Speaking of uh, you brought up Dame. Talk about yeah. how Dame went absolutely nuclear against the uh, Denver Nuggets in Game Five. I mean, geez, you talk about somebody that, like you always say like oh people that aren't afraid to run from the grind. Dame Lillard, please run from the grind. Please <laughs> run from the grind. Like, come on, bro. Like, I get it. Save Dame yourself. Is, save yourself. I can't save you. Like, you, you see that, you know, the, the, the video on, on Twitter where it's like the dude that sees the cat in the store. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to come back for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back for you. you. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it feels like. Like, Dame, like, I'm watching that game. Because obviously the Lakers-Suns game was a blowout by the end of the first quarter, right? So it's like, all right, go to the Nuggets game. Watching the fourth quarter Nuggets game, I'm like, damn, Dame out here hooping, hooping. Then you get to the last four minutes, I'm like, damn, Dame is really hooping. And not once, but twice, the game tying three to four, overtime and double overtime, just to lose because Robert Covington thinks he's prime Vince Carter. Oh my god! Oh my god! And then and then uh, what do you call it? CJ Steve Stefan Urkel doesn't know where he is on the basketball court, bro. I'd be flipping chairs if I went to the locker room. Oh, after absolutely. That and the thing is, he's not that type of person. But also, because he'll straight up be like, "Damn, I should have just not given the ball up." <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But that's not the position you want him to be in. Mm-hmm. I think um, honestly, I think CJ's thing really hurt, but I think it was more um the things that happened before that like uh mellow gave up an open three yes drove right i'm fine with him driving but he drove and kicked for a contested three i would rather him just drive try and draw a foul you know mm-hmm. what i mean um and then it was the robert covington which again he didn't even get off the ground on that dunk attempt bro and, i'm like and robert and that's and that's a situation where he could have kicked it to an open shooter and i think it was mellow because they were down three at the time, it would have cut mm-hmm. it. If he makes the dunk, it would have cut it to one with like twenty, what nine seconds or whatever left. Oh uh, yeah, so it was like late. It was like late. I, want, like, yeah. I think it was thirty-eight seconds. I want to say. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. But, um, like, but that, and then for them to get it back, the CJ thing, that hurt because I love CJ. But like at the end, did. like I mean, also them boys was fucking tired, bro. To the point where Dame after Dame. When he finally missed the three, he was like, all right, let me, like, try and settle a bit and then couldn't get the ball back to him. And honestly, shout out to Aaron Gordon because he made, like, Aaron Gordon tipping that pass is the reason why CJ stepped on the line. Yep. Because CJ had to catch it further back. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's rough. But, like, you've been saying it. Like, you know, I honestly think – I don't think Dame is ever going to leave Portland, unfortunately. Um, maybe it'll be like a Derrick Rose type thing where they're like, we really can't help you. So let's set you free. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, you know, we spoke about it before. They're going to try and make more moves that he wants, like let him, you know, BGM a little bit, which is what you're supposed to do when your star is that big of a star. Like Dame is the fucking truth. Like Dame is the only player to ever have 50 points, 10 assists, 10 three-pointers. And that's not in a playoff game. The only player ever to do that. Like, like just, he, he's so great. And I feel like he doesn't get, and we talk about it, like we've I've said it on this podcast before, there is no shot that Stephen Curry can make the Dame can. The difference is Steph had better teams. Steph, obviously, MVP. Steph's one of the greatest players of all time. 
no debate. But with them coming up at the same time, Dame is not getting the same credit or the same coverage as Steph gets. And that's, there's multiple reasons to go into that. But Dame's greatness is really not as appreciated as it should be. And I'm really hoping that now it will be. And they're most like, I mean, I have them losing the series. They can win this series. Like, don't get me wrong. They definitely can. Denver is beatable. Um, without Jamal Murray playing as he did last year, Denver is weak. Um, but it's just, it's a really uphill battle for him. And it's, but you know, that that's the NBA, right? Uh, no, it, it, it is. It's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I th- when I was watching the game, I'm thinking, all right, one, that game was the perfect example as to why you foul when you're up three late in a game. Because he didn't do it just once. He did it twice at the end of the game, hitting a three, right? Yeah. Also, I always find it, you always find it, you, do you ever find it interesting that you never really hear about players that want to go up? I mean, I know it's Portland and like, there's not really do up in Portland, but you never really hear about guys wanting to go play with Dame or like Dame having a wish list of players that. That's the thing. This year, he has a wish list. Aaron Gordon was one of the players he wanted. They couldn't get Aaron Gordon until they got Robert Covington. And you know what sucks is that Robert Covington, I, he's not Robert bad. He's a good player. He's a yeah. good role. He, I would say he's a great role player. Yeah. But he, there's just times he comes up small. Like so I would say the end of the game. And it wasn't just it, on the dunk, it was defensively too. It, it is hard though. I will give him some slack. It's hard when you yeah. have to go up and defend against the, uh, the you know, the MVP yeah. in Jokic. Who you don't you have you have to worry about him doing I, his? I'm not talking about that because in the end of the second overtime, Canner was guarding him for a bit, and that was the best defense I've ever seen Canner play in his entire life. <laughs> like literally, like he started off the second overtime with a block in a one-on-one scenario. Um, I was talking about the skip pass. Oh, the, that, yeah, I know. Instead what you're of trying about. to get to where the ball is going to defend the three-point shot, he Robert Covington just tried to jump. Yep, and just mm-hmm. fell. And left it wide open. Yeah, I mean, like, he, come on. You talk about putting the ball right in the bread basket, though, from Jokic yeah. across the court, perfectly right there in the oh, yeah. pocket. But it wasn't a super fast pass, and Covington would have had enough time to go contest that shot. I honestly thought he was going to deflect it. Like it was just going to go. I didn't think he was going to intercept it. I thought he was just going to deflect it and go out of bounds. And I'm like, wait, he he's already at the apex of his jump, and that's that not a risk you take in, at the, in a double overtime, though, when you're no. tired of shit. Like, come on. Because you can always just, even if the pass gets there, you can, if you close out, he's not going to shoot. Yeah. And even if he is shooting, that's a contested three. Mm-hmm. And you live with, if he makes that, you live with it. Exactly. But, but. yeah, Dame, please run from the grind. It's okay. It's it, it's okay. Like, at, we're, we're at this point in the NBA yeah, where. He wants to be like Dirk, and I want better for him. Look, and it's, uh, you know. It, he deserves better. He, he deserves better, but if he feels that, you know what, he's just going to stick around in Portland, so be it. I'm, I'm not going to fight. Yeah. I won't fight him on a, no, Dame, you should leave. If he feels that he wants to be one of those guys that just stays his whole career someplace, hey, let him. You yeah. know, there's, there's honor in that. Yeah, of course. And it, it's also just of how much the organization is going to help him and listen to him. And, you know, they made a bigger commitment to it at the beginning of the season. That's what they said. They're going to try and get the people he wants. He has that wish list now. Um, so I feel like now is where he's like, all right, like now it's really, I'm not trying to really lose my prom without having won something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're even making a fight. So I feel like now he's also like, all right, I know what I, him 
wanting to take that role because Dame was always, I came out the mud, whatever you give me, I'll make the most of it. So now he's like, I'm a fucking superstar. I need to be able to compete like I'm a superstar. Um, so hopefully, you know, I, again, I, I feel like Denver will win. I hope this goes to seven though, because the series has been great. Uh, it's been, and you know what's funny? We t- I, I remember I brought it up on the pod like two weeks ago. I was like, this is the one I was going to be kind of, I was least entertained by Yeah. for some reason, even though it had the MVP and Dame, it just felt like a kind of boring season. But every, not to say every game, because there's been what, three blowouts in this series so far. Yeah. But the games that have been close, they've been really good. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Uh, I mean, speaking of blowouts, Lakers got blown out by the Suns again. Um, I, all I can really say about this series is exactly what we said before. If Anthony Davis plays, the Lakers should beat them. Yep. It always hinges upon Anthony Davis's play. If he plays, the Lakers should beat them. Everything will be cool. Anthony Davis gets hurt game three. Was it game three or game four? Game four. Uh, game four. Anthony Davis hurt game four. They lose. Also, Charles Barkley also thinks LeBron James is playing hurt. He thinks he's like, he's like, yo, he's not playing 100%. He's being kind of passive. He's doing whatever. I've seen, um, shout out to Jamil Warney. I've seen him tweet about, like, he feels like LeBron's not looking for a shot as much. And the wild thing is, even with all that, we cannot count the Lakers out because of LeBron James. Bro, it was the third quarter last night, and I got, I got on Xbox, and I'm talking to some people. And I'm like, you know what? Because LeBron, this game, like, I think it was like seven minutes left in the in third. I'm like, you know what? Because LeBron, I've seen LeBron do some crazy stuff. I would not put it past him that they went on like a 15-0 run, cut the lead to like 12 at the end of the, the fourth, and somehow he willed them to a win. Yeah. Right? Because we, like, we've seen him do some crazy stuff. But at the same time, I, I, I would have to kind of agree with what they're saying in terms of like, it does not look like the same LeBron. Yeah, we saw a few months ago before the ankle injury, mm-hmm. and I feel like part of the reason I feel like he might have rushed to come back. I'm glad he sat a little bit more towards the end of the season, but yeah. like the Lakers were not doing well. They needed him to come back, or they weren't going to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? It was a situation like that, so he wasn't able to get as much rest as he would have liked. And um, ankle injuries are fucking tough. Like it's no joke, especially when you're someone who's that explosive. Obviously, LeBron's game, LeBron's game is not predicated by just athleticism anymore hmm. but um i don't know it's but at the same time elimination game lebron <laughs> and also chris paul's playing we you know if chris paul didn't play it was a sh- like given that the suns are gonna lose uh it's if you just looked at this this should be you'd be like all right the sons of the two sheet they're up they should finish close it out second best players hurt but we've seen lebron do more with less and obviously he was younger before but the lakers are a good defensive team you know what i mean like they proved that in the regular season they have like a um they have a pretty high defensive rating you know what i mean but where did wrestling because I, I did uh kcp play last game Oh, yeah, he did. Okay, so he's still probably limited. And um, he's been a great contributor for them. Your boy, um, Contavious Convict Pope. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I don't know, man. I I don't, I definitely don't want to bet on that shit because, bro, 
Like it's hard to you can't bet against LeBron, but you cannot. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way like three times this year. You cannot bet against LeBron. I also take responsibility for the uh, the, the Mavs past two losses because I didn't bet the first two games, bet the second two, and we got fucking clipped. If it makes you feel better, the one game I bet net spread in the series was game three, and they lost. If I would have bet literally every, if I bet every other game, I would, I bro, I'd have so much money right now. Bro, but, that game three, the only thing that messed up my parlays was Tim Hardaway Jr. only having twelve points. He hit four threes, and man. went zero of eight from inside the arc. <laughs> But hey, yeah, hey man. I mean, shit. Going into my series, <sighs> being up two zero and we're taking both games away gives us all this momentum, all these things, and the coverage has brought us back to reality. And that most of the time, we weren't supposed to win in this series. I still think we can win the series. I still think we should win the series, but we're not supposed to win. And it also just showed the holes in our team these past two games. Um, one, Porzingis is playing like shit and playing like he doesn't want to be there. But outside of that, I really think he's playing like Derek Rose did in that when I watch him, it's like he's afraid to be aggressive. The only time he gets aggressive is when he's pissed off. It's literally like he's playing, like he's worried about driving hard to the basket. He's worried about setting hard screens. Like he's playing like he's going to get hurt if he does anything aggressively. And that takes time. And I understand that. But he's a rhythm player. He's getting switches. He has these smaller players and he's not doing what he needs to do. So that sucks. It's very frustrating. The Mavs Twitter is ablaze. They want him gone. Um, uh, shout out to Don from uh, Hoops and Hefeweizens with uh, Ruben. He said he's it's playing like, um, I'm pretty sure it was Don. Either way, as one of them was like, he's basically playing like he's getting ready for his next stop. And that's a little wild <laughs> uh, because of the contract we just signed him to. Yep. So it's incredibly hard to move. But we might have a lot being available for you white people in Boston. <laughs> or Pat Riley. Um, but it really comes down to we're not winning this if the only person producing is Luka. This is not the regular season. The Clippers have a good team. Because even in those losses, Paul George, outside of game one, Paul George and Kawhi do, have been doing what they need to do. Kawhi's been doing exactly what he needs to do and has looked full on like robot Kawhi. Um, it's rough. My thing is, our team does not go if Tim is cold. If Tim gets cold, and he's a high-energy guy as well, if Tim gets cold, it's rough. And with Tim being cold is him not being able to score outside of the three. Because he's not going to hit he's – he's, he's hit a lot of threes, you know, a couple games. But, like, the thing that balances it is that this season in particular, he spent more time driving – and hitting those contested layups and finishing at the rim. But if he's not doing that, and no one else is doing it either, because the reason we lost game um, three was not our three-point shooting. It was everything else. Because we uh, we were, bro, 
going into that game, we were shooting 60% from the field for the series. We shot great from three points that game. We still lost because we weren't hitting anything else. And then game four, then we just couldn't hit anything, period. So we do well in rest. You know, I'm hoping things work out. I'm hoping we tighten it up. We get things together. Push this to seven if need be. Oh, if need be, hope, you know. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's... It's, it's looking real sketch. And then also we have shit like Luca's hurt, right? He has a nerve. Yeah. That's real. Like, that's real shit. Like, the moment he said it's going down my arm, I was like, yes, you have, if you guys don't know, you have a big nerve cluster up here and up here. That's when you hear about stingers in football. That's what it is. Someone hit that nerve cluster and it's traveling down his arm. The dumb shit, which I heard, shout out to Ruben again, is that Rick Carlisle said after the game, Luca's definitely labored. To me, it looks like he couldn't turn left. Why would you say this? Why would you say this as a coach? Bro, what? <laughs> oh, man. For what reason? So thanks. You just told him. Now you just gave the Clippers away. Now you're now you now you're going to force him left. Yeah, so right. Luka needs to go full blue steel if you want to fucking get this win. <laughs> um, apparently, he's doing well. You know, doing better. Hopefully, that's it. But, like, credit to the Clippers. No credit to Tyloo. Because I don't think he did anything. Zero, zero. Uh, no, I really don't zero. think he did anything. I just think Marcus Morris got out of his funk, started hitting. Um, him being so cold is a big reason why we were able to get those leads in the first two games. But, like, game three was rough because we came out super hot. But check. Credit to the Clippers, man. Reggie yeah. Jackson's playing his ass off. Yeah. I'd say uh, <laughs> even um, uh, man has um on the clippers has, has given him some good you know minutes some good run i know he's had some like Terrence scuffles man. and stuff i like that man until he did that bullshit where he act like he got fucking sniped bro what was that he got mushed in the face that's it he pushed willie and willie was like man get the fuck out of my face mushed him in the face and this man act like he got shot yep and then go then get we- up and fake tough guy and then after they looked the like literally looked like a wwe wrestler <laughs> running to make sure a teammate's in the way and when he gets there just go <laughs> like you know when WWE wrestlers do that shit because they don't have yep. a microphone so they gotta just be really animated like and I was like bro I was fucking with you until you're gonna do that shit and you know it's fake because immediately after it was all laugh and smiles and shit yeah like, that's what I was like wait what are you shit. like how could you be laughing you just wanted to kill him and now you're laughing like what the hell is going on like, I was cool with him before that shit like I'm I always like high energy you're gonna bust your ass on defense and make something cool but then you go do that dumb shit but i don't know man it's uh it's really just gonna be again i mean that's what it is all season and that's why we didn't have much faith going into this series just because it's what our role players are what, what are we gonna get maxi was playing well but also maxi still has never been 100 isn't 100 wasn't 100 coming to the series but why is making him look like a child why is that to a, a real people, power forward he's a real power forward in this league and Kawhi is literally tossing him aside like i'm trying to guard him like it's not, I mean, in his defense, it is Kawhi. Kawhi does that to yeah, a lot of people. There's nothing you can do about that. But <laughs> you can see that now he's getting frustrated. Because <laughs> it's it, last game was ugly. Well, you got at least two more. So yeah, and we still have the best player in the series. So this is true. This is true. But the only but the problem is they have the, the next best two. Yeah. So 
And then the gap between their two and the next best player in the series is kind of far because it should be, you know, I feel like it should be Luca, Kawhi, Paul George, Kristaps, like in that order. Oh, but it's Luca, but it's Luca, Kawhi, Paul George, and then way at the bottom is Kristaps. Before Kristaps, you got Reggie Jackson. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, it's all going to depend on. Literally, our series is going to hinge on Chris Stapps and Tim Hardaway. I expect a big, whether it's game five, game six, I'm rooting for a big Chris Stapps performance. Too. I need I need at least 25 and 10. 30, give me 30 and give me 30 and eight. I was like, I feel like we'd just be I feel like we'd just be comfortable with 24 and 11. <laughs> like, because I will say that the in game four, he did start to get things going, you know, fish and shooting night, but it also felt like garbage time. Yeah. So it's really going to, what the fuck, what are we going to get? And especially with basketball, if you guys don't know, I'm um, right now we're recording on Wednesday. So um, we were recording before these games happen today. You might hear me on, um, I'm going to see if I can get on Ruben's podcast. So maybe you'll hear me tonight somewhere else. Well, tonight is on Wednesday, but uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, as a basketball fan, though, I mean, we're the only 2-2 series right now, obviously, because we haven't played that other game. But I'm excited. And we talked about Utah before. The series is going how we expected it to. Yes. Um, yeah. Didn't expect a sweep. But, you know, you knew, you knew the Memphis. I didn't, I didn't expect hard. Memphis to take. Yeah. I didn't expect Memphis to take a game in Utah. I thought they'd take one in um in Memphis. Mm-hmm. But they played tough. I got to give I got to give Memphis credit, especially because it's a it's a it's a group of a lot of young guys. I mean, yeah. there's almost no, I, there's like no veterans on that team. I don't think there's anyone over 30 on that team. Like you got Jaw, Jaron Jackson, Grayson Allen, Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain. Like it's just a Alan bunch Chase of young. Like 26. Tw- yeah, he's only 27. Yeah. It's just a bunch of young guys. They're just hungry. And he, and you see it. They, they're not afraid of Utah. When they get punched in the mouth, they punch right back. The, di- the difference just is they've never folded experience yeah that's they've literally what it comes folded. down they've like, been like playing that like they never feel like they're out of it mm-hmm. so credits to them again series is going how we expected them to once donovan came back you know i feel like utah sat him that first game because they're like we can beat them without and they yes. underestimated them yes and they got they, they underestimated yep mm-hmm. but, yeah, man. But hey, look, I think as as much as Ja has played really well, and this is like, I guess, him like breaking onto the stage or whatever, like the playing game and stuff like that. I think Dylan Brooks is the real story of the yes. Grizzlies, at least during this the play in and the playoff run, because, you know, you knew Ja was a superstar already. Yeah. But Dylan Brooks becoming what who he is after the last three years. Mm-hmm. Right. Coming out of Oregon. I mean, him actually becoming a scorer. It's not something I, don't, I did not expect that. Everyone expected him to just get three and D coming out of college. That was yep. like, he can get. They were like, if he can get time, three and D, and there's nothing wrong with that. But he's proven to be like, listen, I'm gonna go. We need a bucket. Jaws tired. Jaws on the bench right now. I'm gonna go get that bucket. I'm about to say the irony is that he's not even shooting the threes anymore. Exactly. <laughs> it's all fucking mid range. It's all mid range, all at the basket, and he's yeah. you know playing really good defense. He's got. He's still got to keep. He's still getting in foul trouble. I think. I don't think he's going to game the series without getting at least what four. Yeah. So you still got to cut down on the fouls, but outside of that, man, they got Jaron Jackson. You can still see he's not a hundred yeah. percent back. It was like 12 games this year. Exactly. Like, you know, 
And who's, who, who would have thought Grayson Allen would be their ringer in terms of three-point shooting? Don't want to give him too many props, but just the white guy in the NBA. If he's yeah. not shooting the three, what is he doing on the court? <laughs> this is uh, true. <laughs> yeah. Grayson Allen can go to Boston. You know, that's where he can go. I feel right. Tony, we gotta we gotta bring back Gordon Hayward to Boston. We'll send over Grayson Allen. We'll bring in uh who else? We'll, but we'll I don't yeah, want to do it to my boy TJ TJ McConnell at at the point. And then we'll just I mean for TJ. I know, I know I shouldn't do that to my boy TJ. Uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll sign Myers Leonard and they'll be good. <laughs> God, man. I, I would love, honestly, at this point, I would love to see, we're never going to see it, but I would love to see an all white starting lineup. Like what's the best, one. what is the best all white starting lineup you could create in the NBA right now with current players with current players? Yes. Um, all right. I'll, all I already know is Luca and Sabonis. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jokic. Okay. All right. So we got Jokic at the five, Sabonis at the four. Yep. Luca, we got to figure out who else is going to go around him before we can do that. I mean, I guess Porzingis is still up there, right? See, I would. He averaged what? In limited time, he averaged 28 this year. Mm. So that's doable. That's that's solid. But you're still, but you can't have, but you can't, but. You're basically putting it down between Sabonis and Porzingis. I'm I'm going Sabonis. Um. Oh, so then at the three, you could put uh, uh Bogdan in from Atlanta. Yep. Uh, who would be the last one? Why don't you just go for broke and put both Bogdanoviches in? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. It works out because because Bogdan can play the 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 two. Yeah, that would. Oh. I wanted to have like, I don't know, give me a Drogic, like even though he's old, give me a Drogic. Passing between Jokic, Drogic, and Luca, bro. Bro, here here's what I'll, I'll, I'd best go shot with. available is every shot. I'm telling you, right? So I go Luke at the one, uh-huh. right? Obviously Sabonis and 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 Jokic, right? Yeah. I'll go. Uh, I'll go uh, Bogdanovich at the at the three. Which no, one? I'll go Bogdan Bogdanovich at the two. Okay. Joe Harris at the three. Ah, Joe. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. I like hey, that. We make the playoffs with that starting. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. We make the playoffs with that. Bro, you're a, you might be a top. You're a top four seed with that starting lineup. Right, look, you got at least you got two MVP caliber players. Two, uh, what do you call it? An all-star caliber guy in Sabonis, and you got two amazing role players in Sabonis and and uh, I mean, I suppose uh, Bogdanovich no, and Joe team in either conference. <laughs> that's a top three team in either conference. I'm telling you, man. Look, we could you could honestly field a playoff contender with just white guys on in the end because then because then because then you would go it right because then off the bench I'll get T.J. McConnell, I'll mm-hmm. get the other Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. I'll get Przingis. Um, I'll have Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Uh, so that's what that's nine. That's four off the bench already. There's gotta um, be another backup big white guy. Get Daniel Dice. Nah, you know what? Throw Zubach in there. Yes. Or uh, or, or yes. Maxi. Whatever you want. Maxi or uh Maxi or Zubach. <laughs> and then let's see, who else who else do I want? And then Tyler Harrow just for fun. Exactly. Just 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 for the just for fun. Yeah. Tell you that. Um, look, that that's a that is a first team all Aryan. 
Well, do you remember the uh the picture that they took in um the bubble? Yeah, I think it was like all like the overseas all the European players, guys, yeah, all the European guys. But I'm like, yo, that table could make the playoffs easily. I make the play, bro. That's that is a top five team. Because it was what was it? It was Jokic, Nurkic, Porzingis, Luca, Drag, yeah, Nurkic, Nurk, uh, Goran Dragic, and like three other other people. It's like, yo, that's a European right Union, there. bro. Let's go. Brexit. <laughs> I'm not even using it correctly at all. <laughs> Bro, who was the last British player in the league? Fucking Ben Gordon? That's a good question. I remember when I found out he was British. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Like the they, they really don't they really don't be doing basketball over there, hoop, there in England. They don't be hooping because they be doing the soccer. That's why. They be doing the soccer and the cricket. Hooping and stabbing people up. Basically, no hoop. All they do and all they do over there in, in in the UK, all they know how to do is three things: soccer, tea, colonization. <laughs> STC. You <Okay. laughs> <sighs> All right, I feel like that's it. That's about it. I honestly, that that I I think that's it. Yeah. All right, and I don't really think I need to edit either. So this is great um yeah that's it for us this week guys uh no anime book club this week um we're gonna wait until we're at full strength and um again this episode's gonna come out on thursday but starting next week most likely episodes will start coming out on friday we're kind of shifting everything down a day um just to to make life work a little bit easier but we're still there make sure to go follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Sartoby Sports. Shout out to everyone. I don't know if y'all gonna get this far if y'all listen to the podcast, but all the new people who've checked out. If you're not following us, go follow us. Um, we got a TikTok that's blown up over there, which is great. Shout out to JT for um, having his Amber take. Um, Toxicity at its finest. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's... Oh, and you guys can follow me on Twitter at Offended Narwhal. That's, uh, that's pretty much it. All right, look at that. Made it through the pod. All right. You already know. Follow me on Twitter, J underscore Thomas underscore 24. Um, yeah, man. It's just uh living life, living La Vida Loca, getting ready for playoffs in the second round. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, maps. We'll catch y'all next week. I got ice in my fans. Walk like a champion, champion, champion I'm so cold-blooded, I fear nobody Ain't no letting down, I won't let you down Cause I got ice